This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 180,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. This is MuggleCast episode 288, our once-monthly podcast for now. I'm Andrew. (laughs) I'm Eric. Micah is not here this week, believe it or not, but we had to record to talk about the big breaking news that is happening this week, and Micah is traveling for work. So we said, well, sorry, Micah, we got to talk about this, and we can't wait around for you. Right. But, But I'm happy to say we have on two people MuggleCast virgins gina and pam <laughs> welcome to you both hello hello uh gina, we're a dying breed you know this actually this actually works out nice because we're coming up on valentine's day and gina is the other half of eric which i just think is is beautiful so, so it's nice to have Aww, you on. that is a nice tie-in i like that yeah, and you guys met through harry potter right did. Yeah, yeah, through our, our Chicago Harry Potter group. Oh, that's so and, nice. And, and Andrew, you and Pamela are going steady now? Yeah, we're going steady. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Actually, I am seeing Pam this weekend. You uh, are? Yeah. You're seeing her. I, yeah, it's so romantic, isn't it? It is, it will be. I'm going to buy you a drink to thank you for coming on MuggleCast. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, Pam, uh, we've known Pam for a while. She She's written for Hypeable. She's a co-host on Hypeable's Hype, and she did Twilight Source and Imprint with me back in the day. So, Pam, it's good to have you on as well. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So, like I said, very, very big day. You know, I hate to say I told you so, but I I knew 2016 was going to be a big year because we had Fantastic Beast, we had the Cursed Child play, and to make it even better, we're now learning that the Cursed Child the script will be published as a book on Harry and J.K. Rowling's birthday this year, July 31st. Oh. So basic details, and then we'll get into some discussion. Sure. It, it will be released July 31st, which is a Sunday, by the way. So we'll have to talk about that because yeah. of delivery and whatnot. Um, it's going to be $14.99 for the digital version, $29.99 right now for the physical version. I bet that cop that that will come down in price a little bit. And then this is the special rehearsal edition, by the way. So a final edition will be released some months later. But the special rehearsal edition means that they have this script that they're using for the Cursed Child right now. Once they finalize the script, because, you know, they make changes during practice and whatnot, they will release the final edition after making all those changes. Hold the phone. I did not realize that this book was coming out before the play airs. No, no, like it, before it, it actually. Is, no, it. So previews begin in June, June seventh okay. and ninth of the first first two performances mm-hmm. in London. So there will be a full month and a half ish. But I guess because special the special rehearsal edition will probably have to start printing by end of June, early. July, oh yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, I can kind of see that. So and and this is. The eighth story. That's what this has been marketed as. That's what they're calling it again this time. Yeah. But actually, Gina, I saw an interesting Facebook post from you. You were actually wondering if we could really count this as the eighth book. 
Yes. I I had a friend on actually Twitter, my friend Andrew posed this question and I, I discussed it a little bit with him and on Twitter and I was like, huh, I'm going to check out what the masses say on, on Facebook and, and see what a different kind of sect of friends say. And oh, overall, most people kind of said no. Mm, so the question was, can it be an eighth Harry Potter book if J.K. Rowling didn't write it? Yes. That was the question posed. Sorry. I mean, on, on one hand, the, the eighth book, it, it, it was it was co-written kind of by J.K. Rowling, but yeah, she didn't come up with this story at first. Uh, it was Jack Thorne and the other dude, who I'm forgetting, mm. and J.K. Rowling produced it, and I think it's fair to say that everything that happens in the play will be canon, right? Well, yeah, it's been approved, by, so to speak, by J.K. Rowling. Yeah. You know, I, I'm looking at this post that's it's from Scholastic's Facebook page. Uh, and it's the eighth story. 19 years later, there's like fire and a snitch and it's all crazy. And they have a picture of the book. And then at the bottom where where it would normally say by J.K. Rowling, it says based on an original story. No, based on an original new story by J.K. Rowling, Jack Thorne and John Tiffany. And then below that, it says a new play by Jack Thorne. Uh, so it's they're they're quick to call actually notice how they say it's the eighth story not the eighth book because it's actually a a play uh, a screenplay or a script for a play that we'll be getting in book form yeah um i I bet it just burns them to no end to, that they can't call it the eighth harry potter book like they have to but, say story but i think it's still gonna sell just as well yeah so, okay i guess it sounds like we're in agreement then that that we can't really call this the eighth book we got to call it the eighth story and we got to call it based on a, or, you know, a script. <laughs> the eighth I yeah. Script. <laughs> I think once you call it a new play by someone other than JK Rowling, it negates the eighth book title. Yeah. Cause it's like, right. So it's kind of, it's just floating in some kind of nether middle space, but it's still really exciting. Right. I mean, yeah, I, yes. Yes, it is exciting. I'm really, there was no way, going back to our discussion on the Christmas, I think it was probably the December Mugglecast that we did, um, but like we were talking about this at length, the Cursed Child, because we had just gotten some news, and there's no way they weren't going to do this eventually. I think we all agreed at the time that it made the most sense to at least eventually release the Cursed Child uh, script as like a, a book or a novelization of the play or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I had no idea it would be this soon. I think one of the most exciting aspects about this is that it's coming so soon. Nobody was expecting this to be released this summer. And mm. I think what this says is that they completely understood that there was a lot of demand to get this in the hands of people as quickly as possible. But not just that. Like I said last episode, I think, they need to get the story out there because they can't have details leaking through tumblr unofficially they need them to come out officially and that's why they're releasing this special rehearsal edition otherwise they would just wait till the final edition to release everything well, i know it seems inconvenient to have you get and like a, it seems like a money grab frankly to just be like oh this is a book that we're releasing in a terry and joe's birthday special but it's only like part of the story because we're gonna uh, make some changes and an updated version. it's like just wait and release the final version when you can but actually that insight that it's to help circumvent spoilers 
That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Isn't and that yet, kind of a moot point, though? Because the previews open in June. So in June. you're still going to have people that are talking about it that have already gone to see the play a good month before this even comes out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm also kind of wondering, sorry to cut you off, is if someone like once, because this, the rehearsal script has to get to the sent to the publisher at a certain point. And there's going to be rewrites after it. What I'm wondering is if people will have the book, go to the play, and make edits in the book as they see the play. Oh, I, I love that That's idea really of just having smart. blank pages <laughs> or having like every copy of this comes with a red marker. <laughs> you do your just... own adventure. <laughs> yeah, you, like you can update you can update as you watch the play with like the current version, so you don't need to buy the new finished version. But like. A question I had coming out of what you were saying, Gene, is um, will will people even be watching the same play that they can read at home by the time, like, if you were to buy the book and the next day go see the play, what you'd be getting essentially would still be very uh, potentially different. And what also is scary about this is what if they cut out, like, crucial scenes? Are we, or do we have to take <laughs> them out of canon once they, once they that's, get cut? <laughs> See, that's the thing that confuses me because I was talking to my brother about this, who is, like, a big fan but more casual than I would say I am. And he was like, like how much are they really going to change between the, the special rehearsal edition and the definitive like actual edition of this play yeah i was like well you never know but that's the most confusing part it's like how can you say oh yeah like this and this happens it's printed you have it oh but we changed our mind actually that doesn't really work so right. we're taking that entire like chunk out and you guys can just disregard i'm hoping I, I, there aren't big scenes that are cut no fortunately it's far enough along in production it's very unlikely they would because right. they built a set they've probably blocked every scene you know by yeah. now or at least by the time the copy gets sent to the publisher like you'd have yeah. to think they'd have a really pretty good idea of but even if it's just a line like like yeah. it Apple depends on the line, line. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah so what if it's like hermione being like oh you know i hear ron's gay now I, and what if they cut <laughs> that that's what first. yeah that the, the ron's sexuality hangs in the balance between <laughs> Different. I can totally see this happening. It's like Lavender Brown's death. Is she dead? Is she alive? What? No, we will God. never let's, know. Let's refer to the Pottermore Insider for that. They haven't but, been helping. I, I have to say, I'm Eric and I have the privilege being in Chicago. We can see some shows during a, what they call a pre-Broadway engagement. So that's when rewrites are happening pretty much every hour on the hour for the show. Like people can go on stage and they will have just been handed a new, new script. Um, so there is the possibility that huge chunks and big things could be changed. However, I feel like with a massive show like this, where it the the impact of the show is so large and global that by the time it is ever put in front of any type of audience they're going to have the meat of it already figured out yeah already shows. figured out and the the things that will be edited are non-canonical they're yeah. they're minuscule things yeah that's my hope so she's <laughs> gonna change parentheses and ands and transitions <laughs> and just like like order of words but not mm. uh, the general gist 
if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel no, like that's totally the right. only way they could do it, but yeah. So yeah, shows that open shows that open in Chicago first are the ones that they really don't think are perfect yet, and so they open here and then they get audience feedback and then they change. Like the Adams family with Nathan Lane opened here first, and then they changed the entire show before it went to Broadway. But I think with something as high profile as Cursed Child, you won't get that at all. Um, so here's a question. Um, I wonder if this will change people's plans to see the show. It did certainly as a weight off my shoulder. Uh, I had no plans to see the show. Yeah. I had I didn't wait in that line that one morning like you did. Yeah. So yeah. I I have tickets before the book comes out, so it's still I'm Special. still like excited about it. But if I was seeing it say at the end of the year, I I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people are kind of in a conundrum because it's like, okay, let's say you're seeing it in December of this year. That's a good five months. <clears throat> four or five months after the book comes out if this story was written for the stage you you to get the best experience you want to see it on the stage but can you resist the book long (laughs) enough you know what i mean it's going to be really hard for people to avoid that book and you know what i don't think you do i think that you just enjoy it in different ways so like for example i read the history boys screen no not screenplay but like script for the actual like play oh that's such a good play isn't it so good it's one of my favorites so i read the script for that and then i saw the movie and then i saw a stage production of the play and with all of those different things (laughs) that you pull something out of it that's completely different every time so i i don't think they're like three different people it's like meeting three different people from the same family yeah or having like somebody with split personality disorder and then you just meet the same person like (laughs) (laughs) so i i am glad that they're releasing it for these for people who are in you know who who just can't get get there because it's too expensive too far you know whatever reasons you're unable to travel so i am glad that they have decided to release this so soon um now here's another question midnight release parties can booksellers please (laughs) do midnight release parties all over the country all over the world it's a foregone conclusion of course they will you think it's definite uh Uh, yes why would you release a book on a sunday like and not do something on a saturday that's like prime party day that's true oh yeah that's, that's well, how um wasn't that how book seven was was book seven a saturday well book seven the no, interest book, the, no, the no, highly okay. interesting thing about book seven some countries like uh new zealand where i was at the time released at 11 a.m because it was midnight gmt oh. and so it, it was midnight like into sunday or into saturday but it was it was really the same time london got it um and then the east coast of the u.s was five hours later so like but at least 10 or 12 different countries had whatever time it happened to be when it was midnight in London was when they got it. So there was like 7 a.m. in Sydney or something like that. Yeah, like it was, I remember that as well. It's weird, but so they did it that July that 21st, 2007 was a Saturday. So the midnight release parties were obviously Friday night. Like Friday night into Saturday, but it was Saturday morning everywhere east of London. Um, I actually saw a tweet from somebody. I was tweeting up a storm on the Hypeable and MagoCast Twitter accounts today, and uh, somebody said they work at a bookstore and they're already planning their midnight release party. 
There you go. Yep. Is it Barnes and Noble? Because that's the only thing I care about since it's like a national brand. I know what oh, uh, you won't go to somebody's <laughs> rink a dink. Uh, I'm just saying I don't have money to fly to the middle of nowhere America. To, well, to I'm, ho- I'm hoping local bookstores do the midnight release parties as well. And I think a lot of people would prefer to go to look support local bookstores instead of Barnes and Noble, um, you know, when buying this book. But actually, the person I'm trying to find the tweet, but I know they were in Canada because I thought the same thing, Pam, that they were at that that person may have been working at a Barnes and Noble. Um, but so then, like like we said, it comes out on a, the book comes out on a Sunday, and as we know from uh, Mr. Dursley, there's no post on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, so he taught me I... that important life lesson too. <laughs> I'm already expecting Amazon to release a statement saying, "Yes, you will be getting your book on Sunday. Don't worry." Yeah, well, our minions will be out. Amazon will uh, deliver on Sunday, though. If you have like Amazon Prime and they guarantee you two day shipping, like that thing will be there on Sunday. I foresee a uh, a, a new sales pitch to get Amazon Prime. Like, <laughs> you want the cursed child the day it comes out? Okay, join Amazon Prime. Yeah, but like, but the the post office is is closed on Sundays, and UPS and FedEx are as well. So they, I've noticed. Because I have had some Sunday deliveries. They hire like these third party shipment companies. And it's these people who just pull up in their personal vehicles and drop <laughs> off their packages. I'm like, not safe at all. Yeah, oh I know. Well, like, well, these people better get big vans because they're going to be dropping off a lot of books. A lot of July books. 31st. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. But so if you go to pre order Cursed Child right now on Amazon, you can do it for $29.99. But now I, this may change it's very likely that this will change but for right now it says estimated delivery august 1st and then it says in wow. parentheses the day it's released so i think they just need to change around some information in their system to make this correct maybe right now it's like yeah because I, of that. I mean, if they don't though this is a great thing for bookshops that decide exactly. to stay open. yeah everybody's gonna run out to their maybe local joe did this for that reason give the oh bookstores. look at her giving back give <laughs> oh, the brick and mortar no. stores a, a leg up yeah exactly How of sweet. course they have to work on sunday to get the leg up but you know what are you hey, gonna do? But, you, you know, do what you gotta do exactly <laughs> I I do hope that most Harry Potter fans will try to find a midnight release party because this may be the final time that we do a midnight. Re- well, unless they never say never, never say I guess I can't anymore. <laughs> no, the ninth Harry Potter story is just a year away. Right. You you have to prepare just in case, though. Exactly. And I mean, come on, this will be the first midnight Harry Potter release since 2007. That's for sure. So it's been nine years. It would be really nice to relive some of that magic. Yeah. So let's hope lots of bookstores do it. I think Barnes and Noble will do something and hopefully local stores do too. I would support them. So uh, anything else to say about the Cursed Child book? Very exciting day in fandom. I uh I hope that a couple of friends of mine can get together and like just cast ourselves in it and then do a read through. Of yeah, it. that would be something really fun to do with like a if you have a Harry Potter book club or like just a group of Harry Potter fans is to each pick a role. Who knows what the roles will be? We don't know. Um, I was thinking that earlier, like because they're giving um what I'm assuming is the script rather than just like a, a novel of it. Um, yeah, I don't. Think, are I think... they going to give the rights? out like are the rights going to be available i I doubt certainly you will never be or you will not be able to put on a a production 
that sees the public eye and charges people until uh, until way after because yeah, that's I it's agree. illegal to do that until right. way after the show has exited the west no nope, not not way after it's exited usually if it's been a long run it will but i i'm not entirely sure about exited um well they have to se- they have to decide when they're going to sell the rights for people yeah. to use the play so that's but what it'll come down to i'm just wondering will they even ever do that if especially if they're giving the script because if you're giving the script to people yeah yeah before news was on broadway i saw a lot of underground uh well, right productions of it so yeah so people will do it but you best not let jk rolling or warner brothers find out <laughs> i just see it as something fun and new to do with your friends like i don't know yeah, it's, i mean do it in your you, home <laughs> you can get together and read the book but a play is designed to be performed in two or three hours tops i guess with part one and part two it's probably what six hours um so that might complicate things it, it'll be an interesting reading experience for f- sure because i've read scripts before and i don't love it it can be fun. If you get the right play and there's like humor, it's almost as though you're reading a book. They're they're yeah. different though. Yeah, the way it's formatted, I, I maybe yeah. I just haven't read enough of them to get used to it. We will continue with today's episode of MuggleCast in just a moment, but first it's time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. They are the internet's leading provider of audiobooks. With more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. And today I'm going to recommend another book-to-film adaptation. This one is coming out pretty soon. It's called Me Before You, and it's by Jojo Moyes. We wrote about the trailer for the adaptation the other day on Hypeable, and people were freaking out. Not only is the story, is the book so beloved, the movie is starring Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones and Sam Claflin from The Hunger Games. And not just that, here's probably the best part about the movie. The screenplay was written by Jojo, by the author, which is just fantastic. And to make it even better, guess who helped her? The two screenwriters who adapted The Fault in Our Stars. I mean, enough said. This is going to be a great movie. I don't have to convince you any further. But you'll want to read the book first. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast and you can get a free audiobook, including this one. You can grab one of the Harry Potter books. You can grab another J.K. Rowling book, whatever you want for free. Give it a try. Audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. We thank Audible for their support of the show. So believe it or not, that wasn't the only announcement that was made today. They kind of really set the the future of the Harry Potter books in stone today. So in addition to The Cursed Child being published, we also found out that a new edition of Fantastic Beasts is going Beasts is going to be published in 2017 with new writing from J.K. Rowling. This is something I was gunning for leading up to Fantastic Beasts. I thought maybe J.K. Rowling could write maybe a prequel to the Fantastic Beasts movie to get everybody excited for the movie or to just introduce people to Newt better because the Fantastic mm-hmm. Beasts book as it exists now doesn't really do that. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what is coming in this new one. I guess it could add in the, 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 the supporting characters that are introduced in the movie. More beasts. 
more beasts. Yeah, yeah, the beasts in the movie, right? I guess that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, because I think ultimately they would want to do a beast that's not in the book already for the movie's sake. But I, then I would assume there'll be at least one new beast, but yeah, it, I would I would like them to give me more background information on the new characters we're meeting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not much else to talk about there, mm. but it is good that they're doing that. I mean, who yeah, knows I like what other, I did, they did also mention other Fantastic Beast movie tie-in, so we'll see what happens there. Good news yeah. for everybody who loves the illustrated editions. We found out that the Chamber of Secrets illustrated edition will be published oct- this October. Ooh. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um. I haven't read the first one yet, but I, I'm 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 going to really soon, especially now that we're doing Mugglecast more regularly. Oh yeah, G- Gina, you're going through it, right? I'm I'm currently reading it. I got it for um, Christmas from Eric, and as soon as I opened it up, my entire family stopped opening their presents and just looked, and they were like. <gasps> can we see that <laughs> and like i opened a couple of pages for them and i was like i don't want to spoil myself because i haven't really looked at this yet and i was i was just kind of flipping through some things for them and they my dad was like where can i get that and are the rest of them available that's awesome so, so you just got it back from your family I but did. how far how far are you in the book um i'm just at christmas we just got to the mirror of erised oh, okay so Scholastic did previously announce that they would be releasing one each year. So it it's good that that plan is still in action. Although it's you know what I agree about that. What that that it's good that it's in action because oh, like yeah. certain things fall by the wayside. Like didn't the extended editions? There was a period of time when yeah. or not extended editions. The special edition DVDs were like supposed to be on a yearly schedule and then they weren't for a little while yeah well and the the one example i always go back to was scholastic released that 10th anniversary edition of sorcerer's stone and it had this oh. beautiful new cover by mary grand prix well yeah and i thought they said that they were going to release more anniversary editions for the other books you know when they hit their 10 year and right. they never did so no well then then then, then they, instead they gave it uh kazu kibuishi's new yeah. They just redid all the covers and released them at once. So yeah, but it was cool to have Mary Grand Prix. I re- it, it, it the new cover was Harry and the Mirror of Erised, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I, I still have the pin they gave out with that with oh, the really? with the Sorcerer's Stone. I think I got it off eBay for like ten bucks. It wasn't what does the pin say? It's just um, I think it's just the uh, HP logo, like hp with the lightning bolt and it kind of looks like a snitch oh cool. um i can like tweet a picture or something or i'll send it to you so you can tweet out a picture but um yeah i was so excited because i was like oh i want to collect these all and then they never came out with any (laughs) more oh yeah that would have been cool to have a whole collection um yeah these illustrated editions they contain so many images that like yeah it's it's it must be daunting like they're they have to take a year off when order of the phoenix comes out there's no other way they <laughs> the, the guy cannot literally paint that fast i don't think right um, yeah so yeah i mean i guess of course maybe chamber of secrets is going to be finished soon and then he'll move on i don't know right who knows we'll see yeah so anyway um another big announcement philosopher's stone meaning this is just in the uk for now is going to be re-released 
in four different versions. Each one will be themed with a Hogwarts house with the Hogwarts house colors. So there's going to be a Gryffindor edition, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw. <laughs> I, I hope there's new. I hope there's new writing from Joe, and I hope that the Philosopher's Stone Hufflepuff edition actually is from the perspective of a random Hufflepuff in Harry's first year. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that. <laughs> it's it's cool. Um, I feel like they were inspired by fans because there have been. Uh, I've seen like slip cover covers you can purchase with the house colors for each of the books. So you can buy like the set of seven for Gryffindor. So interesting. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. So, and then, then the other big question marks are, will they release these worldwide? And also will they release the other books? But I don't know. Do you need a whole other set with your Hogwarts house colors? I'm sure some people are screaming. Yes, but I have a ton told. of people are jazzed about this. I've, yeah. I was shocked at how many people on my feed had the like, just take my money <laughs> image up because they were yeah. just, this was like all they had wanted in life. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there I, you go, it is the furthest thing from that for me. <laughs> and, Agreed, I, and I love but- yeah, we are got, in the minority. <laughs> I own at least two or three copies of Philosopher's Stone. A philosopher. See, that's why you don't want it. Because I'm the same way. Like I own like my grandparents bought me them all in Spanish, so like that's a complete set that I have. And then uh-huh. I have like, the original, and then like at some point the illustrated will be complete. But I don't have room on my shelf for another set. So I, uh, yeah, I stopped having room on my shelf several editions ago. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, sorry, Joe, I can't. You can't take any more of my money because there's no room. I will be like piled. Under books, if we I as Harry Potter fans have to put our foot down, do not kill any more trees. <laughs> but you know, the thing that I'm interested in is like if they're gonna lose money at all. Because if you just like mass print like equal amounts for each house, oh, right, like not everybody's gonna, nobody's gonna buy four different sets, right? I don't know if what? everybody, oh, yeah, well, they're kind of dividing the, the right. market. By so into four. Be, exactly. So I would be interested to find out like what the final sales are. Like I'm assuming Gryffindor will be popular just because that's like the go to if you're not like super analyzing your own house. Yeah. Uh, but it's just going to be interesting to see if they lose money at all. And then it might be impossible to find like the Hufflepuff copy after because they were only ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean Hufflepuff's super shafts. in right now, so you never. Um, oh yeah, Hufflepuffs are in right now. I guess. Yeah, they're super. They're like the cool kids. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're so right. God, it's a good um, day to be up. But if everybody goes by what their Pottermore, what their first Pottermore sorting was, uh, everyone will will be equal parts of each right. house, <laughs> and they, they all the copies in the, in England will sell out based on what perfectly if equal. What if that's the constituency? Like you have to prove what your Pottermore sorting is in order to get your copy. <laughs> you need to show. You need to show on your iPhone what you exactly. were sorted into Pottermore. Otherwise, you cannot check out or buy these books no hat stalls allowed <laughs> i'm thinking what they'll do is once you get sorted they'll be like hey won't you go ahead and buy the gryffindor edition of philosopher's stone now because i bet a lot of people would do that as soon as they got that's sorted. really smart actually i have to say this, oh, yeah. i could have used this um the first go around with potter because everyone in my family wanted their own copies of the books like because we all wanted to read it at the same time when it would come out so if they had come out in like our own house colors, that would have made life so much simpler. 
Yeah, it'd so be kind of a nice like gift. Like, here, you get the red one, you get the green one, you get the blue one. So this one. would have been a good marketing campaign for like 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> like, for do. them to have done this. Like, sort. I like the idea of Pottermore, though, like of basically being able to sort yourself on the website first, maybe not even knowing anything about Harry Potter sorting yourself, and then going and getting the book that corresponds with your house. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. But it doesn't change the story. Like, all we're doing is putting different covers on the same books. Granted, the books are timeless. They're amazing. Um, They're okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so those were all the announcements that, that were made today. Again, it was really interesting to see J.K. Rowling Dang. and Pottermore make all these announcements, basically setting up the next couple of years in Harry Potter publishing. We're going to talk about uh, Pottermore in a moment. But first, I just wanted to remind everybody about our Patreon, which we launched the a uh, couple weeks ago the goal of this we're trying to raise money to spend more time in the wizarding world and less time in the real world and we are currently about halfway towards our goal to beginning to do two episodes of the show a month and then at our next goal we will do a show weekly returning to weekly and as the past month has told us it's a really exciting time to be a harry potter fan there's so much to talk about and even though this episode and recent episodes have been news, once we begin doing more episodes of MuggleCast, we're going to get back into the books. We're going to explore other areas of fandom. So it's it's going to be it's going to be really awesome. And the people who have pledged so far, thank you to those of you who have. We've gotten some amazing letters from people saying, you know, you've been listening since the beginning and all that. And it's just been really nice to read. And we've got some great questions from patrons which we're gonna read a couple of uh later um yeah. so visit patreon.com slash mugglecast you can pledge either two or five dollars a month at five dollars a month you will get a signed album art uh signed by eric micah and myself and also a mugglecast t-shirt plus we will be releasing bonus mugglecast segments exclusively on patreon so that's right Check it out. Check out patreon.com slash mugglecast for more information. And thank you to everybody who does pledge. We are very excited about what's ahead. I completely agree. Thank you so much. So moving on to our Pottermore discussion now. Um, <laughs> this was going to be the big news of this episode. <laughs> and we were going to do some other stuff. Like, Oh, what would have been? We were like, let's show people what we can do as, as like a weekly podcast. We won't do only news, but then all this big news happens. So anyway, first of all, Pottermore finally brought back the Sorting Hat quiz. Okay. Did you all take it? Yeah. I refuse to retake it because I like my original. <laughs> uh I like well, could you restore because it gave you the option to restore if you yeah. if you could log into your own username because I, I was having fun taking it, but I forgot my original password. I still remembered my username for some reason, but I forgot my original password. I didn't want to reset it. It was too much work. Basically, the day that the old Pottermore was going away and they told you that it was going away, you could go in and like screenshot your homepage and it yeah, like, like showed you what your wand is mm-hmm. and what your house was. So I still have that screenshot somewhere of like what my wand was and stuff you can restore it if you remember your password but for me i just decided to take it again i also wanted to see if i would get gryffindor um because i always thought i was like kind of gryffindor hufflepuff kind of combo but i got hufflepuff the first time so i took it again but i had to sign up with a new account because i couldn't remember my old one etc etc got hufflepuff again 
And then because it was so easy to just make a new account again under the new Pottermore, it was even less work. Because remember, you had to like go through the first few chapters, yeah. like originally on under a new account before you could sort. So with it just being a regular website now, I could like log in and sign up and do it right away. So that was really handy. So in ten minutes, I took the new sorting quiz twice, and I actually I got Hufflepuff both times. So oh, okay. I have well, to give aww. up. My my robes are being auctioned off over on Patreon.com slash Mugcast. <laughs> those uh, robes. Those I robes are the best robes ever. And I've, I've had them since 2004. Do you not do the robes smell? No, they don't smell. Um, You can drive them. That's, that's a thing that people do fifth. with things that they get worn today. You plead uh, the fifth. fifth. Did I you hear that? They don't smell. Stink. Stop it. <laughs> they, they have been to England and Scotland, and they smell like both. They are um, well-traveled, those... I have to say. Though, they also have been patched several times. Oh, once. Okay. Once by your mom. Shout I, out to tell everybody how good a mom, <laughs> job your mom did on the on the armpit of the, the left arm. But anyway, these robes I have to get rid of because I'm actually just like three times a Hufflepuff. So I had a similar experience. As listeners of the show know, I've always been very skeptical of of the Pottermore quiz, a sorting hat quiz, the original one, because I thought it was it was weighing results to make sure that the people were sorted into Hogwarts Hogwarts houses equally, and by that I mean the houses populated roughly equally. That seemed to be what was happening, in my opinion. Some people disagreed. That's fine. So I got Gryffindor back when I took the quiz in 2011 or 2012. Congrats. I took it this time. <laughs> Thank you. I took it this time. Ravenclaw. Freaking Ravenclaw. All these years I thought I was a Gryffindor. I've been betrayed by Pottermore. I don't like it. I wrote a thing on Hypable saying, you all need to take it again. And a lot of people had the same results, just like you, Eric. I, I, you had I, a different result. What? You had a different result. Yes. I'm not You're... happy. Let let me clarify something. There's something wrong with Ravenclaws. It's just that I have identified as Gryffindor for a while. Um. Uh, I received Gryffindor socks for Christmas. It's my very first oh. Gryffindor merchandise ever. So you had just committed. You had what? just committed to Gryffindor. And <laughs> yeah. then well. the socks have been pulled off your feet. Because now <laughs> exactly. the new Pottermore says that you're Ravenclaw. Well, I even, I even didn't even get the chance to wear them, and now I can't wear them. I would be <laughs> well, so disgusted with myself. It's okay. You can send them to me because I get Gryffindor every time I take oh, Lucky. <sighs> okay. So some people are speculating, and this is a valid point, you may get sorted differently as you age because you answer different questions, but I just still... And like I said, people people have been running into the issue where they've been sorted differently, uh, Pottermore is claiming, well, it's just because maybe, you know, you, you grew up, you changed a little bit. Do you guys buy that theory? No, I don't buy that. I, I do, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the Myers-Briggs personality test. Like, I remember the first time I took that, I was a freshman in high school, and I got something completely different, and then I took it again not very long ago, and it's just, yeah, you just change. You grow up, and Yeah. They relaunched this Sorting Hat quiz at a celebration of Harry Potter in Orlando where Rupert Grint was, and he was sorted into Hufflepuff. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. I Why? Why? He, that was awesome. <laughs> because he's known as, like, one of the true Gryffindors, and he's probably identified that that but way you know forever. <laughs> But Hufflepuffs and Griffin, you guys, like, people forget that there's a lot of overlap in terms of, like, the basic qualities. And That's Hufflepuff. true. There's so I... much overlap with Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. That's why I always tell everybody I'm, like, 70% Gryffindor or 30% Puff. 
It's I like, have to say, it's thing. Pamela, I totally agree with you because I have a theory that of all the houses, there is a fine line between the one house and Hufflepuff. Like every every house and Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff it's, is the glue that holds everything together. It's so yes. True. I don't. I don't know about that. But no, I think there's a fine they line. Like go in between all the people. They're just there to have a good time. They're there to make all the friends, and that's why it works. True. I get that. I, 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 it's, to me, it's just how you use your powers. Do you want to use it for this way or this way? <laughs> so I want to I wanna ask, because you guys uh, obviously took the Pottermore quiz the first time. Did you feel like it was the exact same quiz? Because I, I was shocked, actually, about, because I remembered questions that I had forgotten that were on the first quiz. You know what? My whole thing was like, I feel like I answered four questions on this new one. And I swear to God, I was there for a half hour the first time around. Yeah. Did it seem shorter? I wonder if it's just yeah, dependent it on like it's what the you artwork, isn't it? It's the way that it's like the feel and the mood, because the way you're answering questions, it was almost like it wasn't a drop down list, but it, it felt much more website-y and it felt much quicker. Yeah. On it wasn't this time. It wasn't the last, the the first quiz. Wasn't it seven questions? Was it? Was that Did nice? I make that up? No way. It had to have been way longer unless I sat there for way too long. Thinking I, I think we all sat there for way too <laughs> long so reading too. the, like, I feel like it else. may have been between seven to ten questions, depending on if you if were kind of like in the middle and they needed a couple more. But I think it was supposed to be, I could be way wrong on this. Um, I think it was supposed to be seven questions but yeah there was and i haven't like i said i haven't taken the new quiz but i think it was the artwork and like you had to pick things out of a picture on certain ones so it was interactive the way pottermore used yeah. to be yeah and i mean the reason that this one looks more kind of bare bones and like eric was saying like not exactly drop down but it kind of had that feeling is because they wanted to work on the phones too now and tablets and whatnot so, right, so they just wanted to make it phone. more accessible, yeah. You know, I will I will say though there were more questions this time around. And it's it's not that they are new questions. It's just that each like every person like you would get all different questions if you were if you could actually sit through taking the old test, like starting a new account, taking the old test twice, because I think I did that. I was in denial about being helpful. Um you get like pretty much all different questions, but this time they've sort of given any one person more of the of those questions, I think. Yeah, if that if that makes sense. So I, I do think that it's but still like it ultimately for me, both times when I was taking the new quiz still came down to at the very the very last question is like either is a double. There's only two answers. It's right or left. It's black or white. Like both times that was the last question. And I chose like right and light, I think. But like I always wondered, did it really come down to that? Could I have gotten a different um, house end result if I had just chosen the other path and i guess we'll never know i want to bring up do you think it's a little bit sad or ridiculous that it's permanent on pottermore what's permanent your house that, sorting? That, that, the house sorting yeah because like it was before and i understand that's tied to like the common room that you used to be able to hang out in so i understand that completely but under the new under the new pottermore it's less that way and but it's still something that is in fact permanent and you can't take the quiz again once you have already taken it i, I feel like just like the books i mean that's that's how it is yeah. in the book so I, yeah. and i think it loses its specialness 
<laughs> is that a word? Um, when you do have the option to retake it, because like if there was a big retake button right there, that would be sad. <laughs> would it? Because like yeah. for me, as an educational tool, though, I would spend so much more time on Pottermore, uh, taking that quiz over and over again, trying to get other houses. Not because I have you an identity crisis, it's but possible. Because... Just make yeah. a new email address. I I don't I already have five accounts on Pottermore. Um, but no, it's like I. And if you get Hufflepuff on all of them, I'm sorry, you don't know how to play the system. But I want to know. <laughs> I'm just that much a puff. What I'm saying is, I would learn a lot more about Ravenclaw and Slytherin and Gryffindor objectively if I could take the quiz and choose maybe and play around. I would workshop it. I'd take, I'd choose only one question, give a different answer to, and figure out. Oh, so that's what makes a Gryffindor Gryffindor. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I would really want to because I'm really into. Yeah, yeah that dynamic so i would want to play with it a little bit more i think as an energy educational tool only being able to take it once is like more gimmicky still yeah so let's move on so a lot to talk about uh the oh, other yeah. big announcement from pottermore was and by the way they did this at a celebration of harry potter as well um they revealed four new wizarding schools in the world including the one in the usa which was big news because we've always heard, you know, we heard these Salem talks, but J.K. Rowling later said that was just a joke in the in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Um, which misled a lot of people, by the way. People were very upset. Yeah. Um, so the American Wizarding School is named Ilvermorny. And it's the a weird silence name. is palpable that's a we that's, that's the nicest thing you could have said about Ilvermorny. well that's the only thing we know right now about it so we know it's going to be mentioned at least in fantastic beasts this november the other four schools that were revealed were wagadu in africa mahout okoro i'm just reading the pronunciations by the way uh that one's in japan and then in brazil is Castello Brochu. <laughs> I think Brochu. Brochu. Bro? Sorry. It's not bro? I think I'm it's kidding. brew because there's two O's. No, you're right. I'm, I'm I can kidding. tell you're a Gryffindor, Andrew, because you very boldly attempted those pronunciations. Oh, thank you. Thank you for making don't, me don't feel better about wearing the socks. Don't listen to New Pottermore. Put those socks on right now. <laughs> My feet are getting cold. Keep your socks. <laughs> so uh, I guess let's start at Ilvermorny. Uh, for, unfortunately, we don't have much information. They have a page for it on Pottermore, but it just says coming soon. Coming so. soon. Ugh. So, but we do know it's in the northeast U.S., it looks like. Oh, actually, I heard it looked like it was in Canada. I didn't actually look at the map. So, Some people were... Yeah. Well, yes, it does look like it's touching Canada. But in Pottermore's press release, they themselves say it looks like. It looks uh, like it's in the northeast U.S. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah. like, they confirmed it, but they didn't? I remember them... I remember being very on top of their Twitter that day because i wanted to see more of this map and i i swear either pottermore or even jk rowling said it's not in canada it looks like it's in canada but it's not canada because so many people tweeted about it and said that's not in america that's canada it's in north america that's the whole thing is and i think it was maybe a tweet from jk rowling or the way pottermore phrased it but they said the north american school is ilramorny but the continent of North America includes all of Canada. Right. Um, so they were like, well, wait a minute. Do the do the Americans not get a school that like for for just We're the so United crazy. States? 
Yeah. The um, U.S. deserves their own school. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, yeah, it's interesting that there are, uh, are there, how many schools are there worldwide, as it said? Like, we got, we just got the other ones. We just got this information on these other schools, which is really cool. But then it's like, why isn't there one in the U.S.? The U.S. is the best. So I do get that. But I will say, I do remember um, before this was probably has having something to do with Fantastic Beasts and J.K. Rowling on Twitter. But somebody asked a question about Native American magic. Uh, and Joe like commented a little bit on it, but then said, I don't want to comment further because the, something like the name would give it away or... She said something to the to the effect of like the more I tell you, the more it'll spoil the the surprise. But like essentially, it was confirmation that some of like the old like Native American history would come into play um, in in like the type of magic that's taught at the American Wizarding School. Hmm. So I still want to know, and I'm very surprised that there hasn't been like sort of an etymologist who's been like, I can decode what Ilvermorny means Yeah, um, for like five minutes. A friend pointed out to me, this may just be coincidence, but if you look at the letters, I-L could mean Illinois, V-E-R could mean Vermont, (laughs) M-O-R, not sure about, but um, N-Y, New York. I mean, it could... (laughs) He may have been overthinking it, but... M, I don't know, but O-R could be, like, Oregon. Yeah, but then why... Why Oregon, you know? Verm. At least the others are, like, in the Northeast, kind of. Well, Oregon's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, Oregon, yeah, Oregon's the outliner. Flyer, I should say. Um, So, hmm. we were hoping that Joe would have released more information by the time we recorded, but again, we recorded earlier than expected because of Chris Child, so... Who knows when she's going to release more, but there was a tweet she sent out about somebody asked her about sorting in Ilvermorny and like a sorting quiz. And she hinted that there's going to be a sorting quiz for Ilvermorny. That's the impression I got. So hopefully that's true. Um, but so the three other schools, I, we don't want to spend too much time on these this episode. Um, I do love these. These are all yeah. very interesting. It's cool. So Africa, we learn, has a small number of wizarding schools, but there's only one that has stood the test of time, and that's Wagadu. And um, it's achieved an enviable international reputation. The largest of all wizarding schools, it welcomes students from all over the enormous continent. The only address ever getting, given is Mountains of the Moon. Visitors speak of a stunning edifice carved out of the mountainside and shrouded in mist so that it sometimes appears to float in midair like brigadoon but in africa (laughs) and with each of these pottermore has an illustration which is pretty cool as well yeah that is cool i have to say like even in this um write-up it is said that uh, let's see. Much, some would say, all magic originated in Africa, and Wagadu graduates are especially well versed, and it gives their specialties astronomy, alchemy, and self transfiguration. And putting them on, putting, uh, Africa on this pedestal as being the origin, I mean, it's like the cradle of life, um, but like the origin of magic kind of puts the magical arts of astronomy, alchemy, and self transfiguration, I think, above all other practices of magic. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah. Like it kind of just makes it like if if those people if that's like what they're good at it well then again also it's stated in this uh article um that the wand is a european invention so actually these wizards aren't using wands so perhaps it's that alchemy and astronomy are basically disciplines you can study without needing a wand or without using a wand so maybe it's just that so the school in japan mahu okoro um this one little interesting tidbit from the Pottermore writing. Students are presented with enchanted robes when they arrive, which grow in size as they do. So Eric, just like you, they hold on to their robes for a long time. <laughs> I bet I bet their robes smell more than mine do. <laughs> and which gradually change color as the learning of their wearer increases, beginning a faint pink color and becoming, if top grades are achieved in every magical subject, gold. If the robes oh. turn white, this is an indication that the student has betrayed the Japanese wizard's code and adopted illegal practices, which in Europe we call dark magic, or broken the international statute of secrecy. To turn white is a terrible disgrace, which results in instant expulsion from the school and trial at the Japanese Ministry of Magic. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah. I'm, I, I've, I've so many questions about these robes, like... If they're white once, are they always white? Do they have houses at the school, or is it just different colored robes? Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. And it just—it's—it's <laughs> also it's just like a... an invasion of privacy, though. Like, what if I don't want you guys to know? Yeah, your robes agree. are betraying I have you. To agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> they're like shaving the students. I mean, can you take the robes off? <laughs> are they it, stuck? Yeah, in never course. take the robes off. <laughs> I wonder if it's like you, you, if the robes turn white, you can't hide it by like jumping into a pool of black ink. Like it's just that you non staining robes. Probably. Students are trying to change their robes back. Like, no, it's yellow. It's yellow. Also, it's very like superficial status. Like, oh, these are the elite. They're in gold, you know, that kind of thing. But it's not any different than any other culture anywhere. I just think it's, it's an interesting facet to have these enchanted robes and how that like, organically came to be as something that these students are are known for or that the school has decided to enforce is actually just really kind of brilliant in its total uniqueness yeah and then the final school castel o bruxu this is the brazilian school for magic which takes students from all over south america and it's found hidden deep within the rainforest the fabulous castle appears to be a ruin to the few muggle eyes that have ever fallen upon it upon it a trick shared by hogwarts uh, Castello Bruxu is an imposing square edifice of golden rock, often compared to a temple. Um, these students wear bright green robes and are especially advanced in both herbology and magizoology. The school offers very popular, popular exchange programs for European students who wish to study the magical flora and fauna of South America. So... It's it just it, these are also great reminders of how creative J.K. Rowling's mind is. Hundred percent. Yeah. Agree. And then you also wonder how long has she had has she had all this info? Oh, that's a good question. Well, what I like about Castella Bruchu, uh, in in this it so much better. Uh, I just said it <laughs> faster. That was all. That was the only difference. <laughs> the important thing, the cool thing about Castell O Bruchu is, um. The tie to Hogwarts, like, I think this is this is a brilliant rounding out of 
us learning about other schools. Not that this isn't completely different because it is, but there's both the shared trick of the eye for muggles, which is like connected to Hogwarts. I like the idea that some of these magic schools have something in common with one another. Yeah. Like, because that's the, this is like the one where it's like, oh, that also shares that. And there's a story about Headmaster Dippet uh, complaining to the headmistress, Benedita Dorado, uh, that Peeves was a problem. Uh, to which uh, I believe, oh yeah, headmistress, she replied that he should experience the Kaipura, who are small and furry spirit beings uh, that are extraordinarily mischievous and tricky, and they emerge under cover of night to watch over the students and the creatures who live in the forest. So there's like these little tiny spirit creatures that are mysterious that surround Castello Bruchu, um, which is like amazing. The other thing that I kind of had a big change of heart about the encyclopedia when I was reading all this, I think the fact that J.K. Rowling debuted all of this information on Pottermore and she's going to debut all this information about Ilvermorny on Pottermore confirms, I hate to say it, but it confirms that J.K. Rowling is all in on digital now and there won't be an encyclopedia. Ugh. I think this is the encyclopedia. Uh we have it here we don't we just don't know it because they're not calling it that <laughs> i i love i love how invested you are in talking about the encyclopedia well the one thing that did it for me were these amazing illustrations of the schools like they commissioned these for pottermore they're pretty good i want yeah. more though this looks like, like i a want mod. a better picture of these schools yeah i want video i doubt we'll get it but i mean at these schools yeah, I mean, some people also argued, well, maybe they'll, this all will all just be printed in the encyclopedia, but I, I don't know. I think this is the biggest Pottermore info drop yet, and I think it means that there won't be an encyclopedia anytime soon, at least. I don't know. If Pottermore reforms itself like four more times and overhauls <laughs> itself four more times, I think it might be a little bit more suitable. I they think... just need like. No, oh, I'm just. In saying, like, in I think in like thirty years, she would say, "All right, I've given you all I have, or all I'm going to give you. Put out the book. Here's yeah. your encyclopedia. It's actually oh yeah. Just I guess it. I guess it would be like a, a cursed child book thing all over again, right? If she wants to add more details, they have to put out a new edition of the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, but then again, encyclopedias exist to be added to. So yeah, history is always. Always moving. Pam, any closing thoughts on the wizarding schools? I just want to know more, like you guys. So yeah. hopefully that comes soon because these descriptions are like they're like a little tease, you know. So you just want to know what else is going on in Rowling's mind, and I don't even like has she even made it up yet, or is she just going as you know? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months, and then what we learn also in Fantastic Beasts when that comes out in November. Yeah, I have a feeling there's not going to be too much in Fantastic Beasts about it. Because I, I I, think what they've said so far is that there will be mentions. But not, right. like, we're not going to the school. Newt's not going to the school. No, no, no. But, but we'll have met wizards in that we'll film that, that have right. gone there, which is awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, there was a behind-the-scenes featurette released at Celebration of Harry Potter as well. And there's a lot of cool behind... No new footage from the actual movie, but cool behind-the-scenes footage. We see J.K. Rowling meeting with the lead cast, including Eddie Redmayne. Um, we get some nice interviews from David Heyman and David Yates, the producer and director. 
Um, just a couple highlights from this. Eddie Redmayne said on the film's plot, this one catalyst sets in motion this insane amount of events that just cause chaos. So that should get us excited because things will be pretty crazy, I guess. Um, the character named Jacob, played by Dan Fogler, is just back from the war and trying to open a bakery. He meets new- <laughs> he's the PETA of this this story. Yes. <laughs> I think he's going to be the comic relief. Yeah, and he's the, he's the only significant muggle. He's well, the I, I, I love that. I think that's brilliant that they have a muggle as a main cast member. Isn't Ezra Miller also going to be a muggle? Or am I making that up? Did I get that confused? Uh, he's the son of that woman who we just have a bad feeling about. Oh, okay. So he's just kind of like <laughs> up in the air. All right. Well, we were speculating actually on the last episode, I think, that he is going to like secretly be a wizard or secretly disagree with his mother who hates wizards something like that i think he'll turn out to be luke skywalker's child (laughs) (laughs) you you think he's ray i no 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 so we're gonna find him at the top of the mountain at the end handing (laughs) off the lightsaber yes and then he will have a significant role in episode two it'll be plymouth rock though because we're in new england Um, (laughs) okay you're right you're right (laughs) Producer David Heyman explained in this video that each of the four lead characters are outsiders who are coming into themselves over the course of the story. That's cool. I, I just that was what for me was most moving and tear inducing is hearing and watching David Yates and David Heyman talk about this new thing that hasn't come out yet. Right. As as if it were currently existing, which is currently doing. And we haven't like seeing those guys back. I know we've known for a very long time that they were. But having them talk about this new project, it's just like the old days. It's just like totally agree. turning down, like even turning on maximum movie mode uh, with like the old <laughs> Deathly Hallows or Hapla Prince DVDs and watching these guys talk about the movie. Like they're just as happy to be doing this as they were 10 years ago. And it's the coolest thing. Yeah. And David Heyman says one other thing. It's funny. It's moving. It's thrilling. The moving part is what got me because J.K. Rowling absolutely moved people during the Harry Potter books. Mm. So if she's able to do that again in Fantastic Beasts, that's very good news. So I, I, yeah, I agree. This this the feature at this um, and these interviews and stuff are they're sort of turning my uh, enjoy my like my anticipation into genuine enthusiasm. Like I'm more. I'm more interested in in this film every time I see something new from it. And so again, remember, um, the Sorting Hat quiz and the Wizarding Schools, the oh, a Cursed Child behind the scenes video of the theater, and this Fantastic Beast behind the scenes video all came out at a celebration of Harry Potter in Orlando. They are turning this into a Comic Con for Harry Potter fans, a a Star Wars really celebration are. for Harry Potter fans. It seems like. This is the fourth one, I think. They third, third, yeah. Um, they are they future ones will probably be a destination to debut new stuff. I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. I agree. Um, and also the cast this year, they killed it with getting Matt Lewis and Rupert and Ivana and Katie and Bonnie were all there. Like that's the best star lineup that they've had so far. Um, yeah. Granted, Robbie Coltrane did fall ill. He was supposed to be there last year with Michael Gammon and Ivana yeah, and the Phelps right. twins. 
But this year, I don't know. Just there is even more magical. I think this year. I was very surprised he didn't. Um, he come didn't back. come this year because he was. He did take ill. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think they had a really good mix of people, of of main cast and and kind of the new people. I I thought it was a very good mix. Still Regarding like Robbie mm-hmm. Coltrane, he's getting old, so I I don't think traveling right. is 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 that um he's not really up for traveling much anymore. When I saw him at the Wizarding World Diagon Alley opening, he was walking with a cane, and it kind of bummed me out to see him mm-hmm. hobbling around like that because you picture him as Hagrid and this larger than life figure, and there's Robbie Coltrane like hobbling around. It made me yeah. sad. <laughs> No, that's I yeah, it's, no. Well, I think uh, Maggie Smith, uh, who she has to come to a celebration. She she refuses to travel now. Oh, oh, really? She will like she. I believe she's always for some reason nominated for a Golden Globe for something she's done, and I don't think the last seven years has come. She just she's done. She doesn't like. <laughs> she doesn't appear at like Oscars and stuff like that. Yeah, if it's an American award, she. She won't come because she doesn't need to. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, yeah, exactly. You're Maggie Smith. It's fine. Oh, no, there's nothing like a Dane. <laughs> if you want to see her, watch Down Nappy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's ending. I'm out of options. <laughs> so to wrap up the show today, a few questions from our early supporters at patreon.com slash mugglecast. We got a lot of questions, and we're going to get to more next time. It's it's just that th- we had so much to talk about this time, we had to cut this segment shorter. Um, we did answer a bunch of questions during this show, so that's good. But then we yeah. also got some other questions here. Um, Morgan asks, and this is going back to the Wizarding School discussion, how early do you think J.K. Rowling had developed these foreign schools? I like to think that they existed in her mind as she was writing Potter, which brings up the question of why didn't any of these schools slash magical communities participate in the Battle of Hogwarts? Oh, there's always that question, isn't it? It's the Trump question. Uh, Thanks, Morgan. Um, I don't know. The stories, the books are the story of Harry and the story of England. Yeah, and you know what? I've seen this question come up before. Uh, regarding why didn't other schools or foreign wizards come in to help the Battle of Hogwarts? I think just from a writing perspective, it was it was so busy as is. There just wasn't room for that. Uh, Joe was really ambitious and early on introduced like Victor Crumb and the other wizarding schools. Oh yeah, I guess you know what? In addition to this, let's let's just put this on the record. Like there's still Bobaton and Durmstrang as other wizarding schools. I just totally forgot for like 20 minutes that they existed. Um, in the world. Sorry, that's that's maybe a me thing, but if one listener benefited, great. But like in general, I agree. Like it's very small um scale. It's still like the battle for the world. That's the thing about the Harry Potter books. Like the final battle is meant to be sort of in Voldemort, his end game is probably to take over the entire world. But he is finished when he's pretty much just got England. Like and and maybe Europe, it's yeah. fair to say. But, like, he doesn't quite get to worldwide proportions to the point where some uh, people from Brazil should be on Hogwarts grounds fighting him. Yeah. Um, I think it was kind of, in a way, the world was spared from that. Next question is from Helen. Do you think Ilvermorny will have similar houses to Hogwarts? I hope so. Yeah. I I almost... (laughs) 
I don't know. The housing system is kind of it's like very British, very boarding school ish thing. Right. In terms like of the characteristics, well, the traits. Yeah. Like, well, no, 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 not not the traits, because uh, actually the traits are legendary and mythological and all that stuff. But I, I think like the system, like we speculated uh, just moments ago about Japan, like what if they and uh, the Brazil people all wear light green robes, no matter what color what house they're in presumably like i'd like to see it where it's not broken into the house system um maybe america is because america and england are always very similar but i wouldn't be surprised if not all of the schools have the house system yeah gina where where do you fall i i hope that american um the american school has houses i think of any of the other schools, this one will be closest to Hogwarts. Um, yeah. But I I do think it'll be different, and I think the house system in general will be different. I think it'll it'll be broken down a lot differently. I, I, I don't know how, but... And I'm, I'm very intrigued. Maybe it'll be more of a... Rather than a house thing, like a tribal thing for, to get the Native American feel. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be interesting i don't know i i'm hopeful and intrigued and i want more so i don't yeah. know <laughs> i want an ilvermorny shirt right now i do want crests for all the houses yeah. i mean i'm not all the houses all the schools <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure but you know what i i want an ilvermorny shirt because i think it'd be super cool to wear it right now out in public and basically nobody would understand what it is <laughs> so it'd be like the secret code word that you nobody... posted that like 10 minutes after she announced the name you're like i want a letterman jersey with ilvermorny on it exactly i th- i was with you i thought that was pretty fun yeah you just need to take the the artwork like put it on your own shirt and just walk around and see what happens yeah yeah maybe i'll try that (laughs) warner brothers will come down on me (laughs) this is an official uh and then final final question from maggie honesty hour what was your very first impression of the harry potter books and how did that perception change wow yeah so sorry just got deep for a second (laughs) (laughs) uh let's 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 let the ladies go first uh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was 11 or 12 and my brother bought the book home, the first one, and he was like a little younger than me. And I was like, this book looks stupid. There's a kid with glasses on it. It's just, I'm not going to read this. Go away. And then I read it and I was like, this book is awesome. What was I thinking? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I judged the book by its cover. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> you didn't have a totally positive impression at 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 the well, outset. Yeah, just just because I just like looked at the cover and I was like, no, this this looks lame. Like in my, you know, <laughs> I was like, I thought I was like so cool because I was reading the classics. You know, I was like trying to go through like you know classic fairy tales and stuff like that at the time, and I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, and then I and then I was like hooked by like not even the first chapter. Yeah. It was and I was done. Like that was it. Gina. Um, my mom brought the first book home for me and she said, uh, this lady at work says her daughter can't stop talking about this book. And I think I was in eighth grade at the time and she handed me the book. I remember going upstairs and reading a little bit before dinner and I was like, this book is 
awesome. And then I couldn't stop talking about it. And my family was like, we don't understand what you're saying, but you're very enthusiastic about it. So how about we all read this book? And then I got them all hooked. So That's awesome. I have a Potter family. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, if you search on Twitter, hashtag my Potter family, it's pretty much all <laughs> Gina talking about the crazy <laughs> stuff her parents say to her. Oh, that's funny. It, it's hilarious. Like, I think I told Eric, like, the first time he came for me, maybe it was Christmas, maybe it was a, a different, like, family dinner at my house. And I was like, I'm not kidding you. We're going to talk about Potter at the dinner table. So please be prepared. Like, know that... <laughs> They're not just asking this because you're there. They're asking this because these are the types of things we discuss. So, and like, it actually happened. He was like, that, that really, those, that happened at the dinner table. I'm like, yup. What what did I, what did I tell you was going to happen? Tina's family's wizards. Um, Going back, I think I've probably told this story on MuggleCast before, so I'll keep it short. I first read the first chapter of Goblet of Fire. Um, I thought Harry Potter was overhyped. I thought it was a little lame. It was kind of like, I was just kind of like, cause I didn't understand. It's like, Oh, there's this boy wizard. Oh, there's this evil man trying to get him. Oh brother. Um, that was knowing nothing. That was before I picked up the book. Then I picked up chapter one of Goblet of Fire where it's like Wormtail, uh, who I didn't know who that was or what the significance was. So I was confused and like big Hangleton and little Hangleton. And it's like this third person narrative. I, I didn't understand it at all. So I put the book down and it was like two years before I gave it another chance. Of course, that other chance was the movie, um, which changed my life. But I was very skeptical at first. So my first impression was, yeah, it's kind of weird and I don't understand it. I don't know what's happening. I love how the movie was your first. Like, that's what really got you going. That's it's way, it's turned me around because I, I was not I was not having that first chapter. Of of I understand. Of course, you start with book four. You're not going to understand things. But yeah, for me, it was um, I, I it was read to me in fourth grade. That was what my teacher decided to read to the class. Awesome. Yeah, and we read, God, I mean, obviously it was so long ago now, but I guess a chapter a day or a couple chapters a day, I don't know. But Yeah, you never know. Yeah, and my first impression was I, I really liked it. And um, I, I do remember still to this day, after my teacher finished reading it, sometime after that, I can't remember what the timeline was, but I remember going to, into Barnes & Noble and seeing Chamber of Secrets right at the front because it had just come out and with that cardboard standee promoting chamber of secrets with the books in it i still remember like i still have that memory in my head and of course i bought it and started reading it the my standee own- you bought the standee no no i wish oh, okay oh God, that standee be worth, would be worth so much money be worth a lot of money <laughs> in a couple of my early harry potter books at the very beginning i wrote the start and finish dates Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. I, need I to... love that. The next time I'm home or maybe I'll, uh, yeah, well, maybe I'll ask my brother to do it for me just to take pictures. The <laughs> reason I, I have considered Instagramming it before, but um, I put my self re- or my return address sticker. I used to have those, you know, for like envelopes with my return oh, address cool. right above it. Well, I don't know why I did that though. So I can't Instagram it because... <laughs> I don't I want to put my family's house. You're on. gonna need I some think Photoshop. You did it in work. case your book got lost. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that sounds like something your mom or dad would have told you to do. Like, if you're <laughs> school, you better put your information on it. Okay. Oh god, it. that makes because sense. Because you won't. Because we all only have one copy of this book ever. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll have to get those and then do something with them. You gotta Photoshop it out. Yeah. Dangerous parts. 
that's adorable. That's better than like marking your height against a wall. That's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cuter. So You've trumped cute. that. That's, that's so much cuter. I'm glad you guys like it. We got a um. We just got a question real quick. I think we can address from John Curl on Patreon, who said, "Will you guys ever do movie commentary again?" Uh, how many movie commentaries did we do ever? Do you uh, I just remember? Won? I thought we just did the one. I think we just did the one. Yeah, we can we can um certainly consider doing that again. I would say it's on the table. Yeah. Just in response to yeah. Maybe on anniversaries or something. I feel like that'd be an appropriate time to do. Oh, it. that'd be cool. But yeah, yeah, if people like them then yeah, we'll we'll do whatever. I mean, every November myself. 16th. <laughs> I mean like the anniversary of that particular movie. Oh yeah. Well, actually November 16th, 2016 is the 15th anniversary of the first movie. So So Episode 244, we did there you Deathly oh. Hallows Part 2 commentary. So it was the last movie. Ah. Yeah. You okay. guys only did one movie, though? I know. Aren't we lame? I, sw- I swore you guys did more than one. I Thanks to so. Morgan May, who's listening live and, and commented, It's Deathly Hallows Part 2! Oh, thank you, Morgan May. <laughs> like I mentioned, uh, that person commented live. I'm actually we're streaming this live through the Patreon right now. Uh, we just kind of did it as like a little little test last minute thing to give everybody an extra bonus so i think it went well i mean we were just doing audio only but i thought it'd be fun for our patrons to get this little added bonus so maybe we'll start doing that again in the future thank you everybody for listening gina and pam thanks so much for coming on again it was great to have you on i think that's about it hopefully micah won't be traveling next time so he'll be back he's he's visiting his girlfriend who lives in canada (laughs) i don't think that's what's happening but I'm sure he, he'll. He is in Canada. Yes, he is a kid. That part's and, true. And his girlfriend is his job. Maybe so. he's looking for Ilvermorny. Maybe he's like. Oh man, <laughs> that would have been cool to like lead with that and just been like, "Yeah, Mike is searching for Ilvermorny right now." <laughs> you know what? He loves tweeting like fake crap like that all the time. So I'm gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna tell him to start giving us adventure tell uh, the, notes. Tell him to tweet that as his explanation for why he's not on this. He needs to start a documentary and include all of us in it that's called Finding Over Morning and travel (laughs) the Canadian countryside. Yeah. Hey, that'd be fun. That's what he needs to do. One last plug for our patron, patreon.com slash mugglecast. You can support us and help us produce more episodes of Mugglecast a month and get extra benefits. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time for episode 289. Goodbye. Goodbye.